Good morning and welcome to another candidate question time uh, on Facebook Live with me. My name's Sarah and in a minute I'm going to introduce you to Jason Perry, Managing Director at ASL Recruitment. Uh, Jason is an HR specialist and he is also a Chartered Fellow of the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. So he is well placed to answer any questions you may have, uh, particularly around workers' rights, uh, what's going on with COVID and how it affects you at work. So, with no further preamble, let me bring Jason in. Good morning, Jason. Are you there? Good morning, Sarah. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? Good, good. Not bad, thank you. Not bad. Great. I'm hoping you can't hear my neighbour's leaf blower in the background. No, fortunately, we managed to get rid of that just before we went live, but it, the noise has stopped. <laughs> Oh, the joys. So, Jason, we've had uh, we've had some interesting developments over the last couple of weeks. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Pimlico Plumbers making ah. the news with their no jab, no job uh, standing, uh, which, uh, you know, obviously was kind of overturned and, and all the rest of it. But it seems to have raised its head again. So. Well, it, it, it's ongoing. And, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, I, I said here and I said on our employer's um, feed that we do as well, um, it's effectively illegal. Um, you know, an employer saying you can't have a job unless you've been vaccinated is potentially discriminatory. Um, there's various reasons for it. I mean, not least, um, you know, people have the right to hold their own view. And under the 2010 Discrimination Act, you know, if you hold um, a philosophical belief that, you know, vaccines are wrong and, you know, potentially against your religion or your thinking, uh, that's a, a view you're entitled to. To then be discriminated in employment against that would be illegal. There are also medical reasons why people may not have the vaccine. You know, people who have certain autoimmune deficiencies may not be able to have the vaccine. Um, so given there's plenty of good reasons why somebody might not have it, to have an employer say, to work here, you must have it, is potentially a big problem. Now, where this gets interesting, um, certainly if you're like me and you're fascinated by employment law, um, where this gets interesting is Pimlico Plumbers have come out and um, to some extent they like the media attention and the PR. Um, you may have seen they're quite often on the receiving end of such attention. Um, but they've used the phrase no jab, no job, which clearly has been designed as a catchy line um, to, to, to sum up what they're going to do. The government, however, has tried not to become involved. Numerous times um, we've had health ministers, um, the vaccine uh, minister, asked on the record, you know, will it be illegal for somebody to do this? And they repeatedly say it's a matter for employers. So the government have clearly indicated they're not going to get involved. We now have a number of the really big law firms drawing up employment contracts that focus on this point. So I think what you're going to see over the coming months is many employers do it. If they navigate it very, very carefully, they may just about be able to keep on the right side of it. But the point is that you have to have a really good reason for doing it. And if somebody can come in and justify something that is within that range, then potentially they need not be discriminated. Sorry, they, they must not be discriminated against. And you can proceed with a, a, a broad policy. To do it for people who are already in place is much harder because it's highly unlikely anyone has a contract of employment that allows such a change.
Right, okay. So basically, uh, if your employer comes to you and says, no jab, no job, you need to get in touch with somebody and take some advice. Yes, I would say so. I mean, the only downside I would say of this is we know that the majority of the public are supporting the vaccine rollout. Um, and given we know, um, I, the take-up has been over 90% in some of the age groups so far, um, you may find some of these employers have public opinion on their side. Um, and that potentially makes this one slightly messy. Okay, so interesting times ahead. Yes, indeed. Um, so we're going to stick with vaccinations, I think, as it's sort of the, the hot topic. Uh, we've seen lots of rollouts. It's it's kind of going down the age groups quite nicely yes. now. So I know certainly in, in the Bromley area, they've reached the over 50s, uh, which is mm -hmm. quite nice. Yep. Let's move on the list next. Uh, we've... <laughs> um, but um, let's talk about whether or not you get time off for vaccinations. Yes. Yep. Very because interesting obviously that's question. going to affect people as it goes down the age groups. People yeah. are going to be at work. Um, we're, we're already seeing, we're, we're way past that point where this is people who are retired or, you know, we are seeing people either who are younger and have health conditions or, as you say, certainly people in their 50s and 60s now getting the vaccine. So there is a real question over um, when will I be called for it? What if it's during the working day? Um, the government have been asked to provide some guidance. Um, again, so far, they've avoided doing so. The reality is it's in an employer's best interest to work. And again, most employers want their workforce to be vaccinated because it's what's going to enable them to get their business fully scaled up and running again. So a wise employer is going to work with you. A wise employer is going to cooperate. Um, uh, the advice being given by people like um, the CIPD, as I understand it, is somebody should take the first vaccine slot they're given because actually working with the vaccine rollout is the most important thing. Technically, there is no right to paid time off. Um, there's kind of right to time off is this falls into medical appointments and such like things. So... I don't think anyone's going to have any big problem getting the time off to have the vaccine. Um, there may occasionally be reasons why an employer says, I'm really sorry, that's a big shift for us. We can't get the cover. Could you see if you can rearrange? But I think we're going to find most employers cooperating. Um, and I suspect we may also find most employers or many employers being quite willing to do it without a pay deduction as well, because it's something we as a society want to happen. But we'll mm. find out in the coming weeks as this rolls down through the ages. For sure. Yes. Yeah, so it's, um, I mean, it, it, as you say, it really is in their best interest, isn't it? You know, and if somebody doesn't go for their injection because they are not going to get paid, um, that seems a little counterproductive. Yes. Most employers want their workforce to be vaccinated because it means they feel safety in their workplace. Um, so I, I generally think we're going to get cooperation from employers on supporting workers getting their vaccines. OK. Now, uh, there is some talk around reactions to the vaccines. Yes. Um, some people do have a bit of a reaction, some, some worse than others. Now, how does it stand if you have your vaccination and you end up with a reaction that perhaps takes you out of action for a couple of weeks or a couple of days. Yeah. Um, you know, how, how does a worker, where do their rights stand on that? Um, at the moment, um, I don't think it's totally clear is the honest answer. And the reality is 
that we have this thing called COVID SSP um, and it's designed for self-isolating or people with symptoms. Um, the only person I've as yet seen who was too unwell to work from a vaccine is one individual. I was actually questioning whether or not it was a reaction or whether or not they actually had COVID. So I think if it's severe, you might actually say, well, are these symptoms? And therefore, it's perhaps reasonable to pay the COVID SSP. And remember, people are entitled to that from day one, the first day. So I think you're going to find employers using that. Um, beyond that, again, I think we're in a stage where many employers will be supporting people. If somebody generally can't come in and it's nothing like that, then I guess standard SSP rules apply. Um, and there is the risk that somebody may have to spend the first three days without pay. Right. OK, so it's it's still one of those grey areas. So much, everything changes so quickly. Because it does. They, they don't really have time to catch up with all of the finer points of, of law. <laughs> I, I, I guess what they're trying to do, Sarah, is these are questions we're only thinking about because it's just about to happen. Mm. And there is an extent to which that's the same position our lawmakers are in. Um, until they see something might happen, there's then there's, oh, we need to think about that. And sometimes the issue's gone away before they actually have time to put it into the lawmaking process. Mm -hmm. So it is difficult. My own view right now is if I have somebody who's looking at being unable to work because of a strong reaction, I think I'd apply the COVID SSP and say, fine, you're entitled to it from day one, as it falls under the range of protections that are there. And so far, we've seen that with things like furlough, when people said, ah, I can't work because the schools are closed. That wasn't because the company didn't have work for them because of COVID. That was because they needed to stay home with childcare. And it was quite widely accepted very quickly that furlough could be used in that way. So I think the ranges of support, if used flexibly, will cover the situations we're trying to deal with. Okay, so so in other words, um, there's there's a really good chance that your 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 employers will probably find a way to cover you rather than you not having your your vaccination for fear of having a reaction and then being yeah. unable to work. I mean, that would be a bad outcome. I mean, there are very few employers that would want that. And again, you pick that example. If an employer developed a reputation for saying, no, no, if you've had a negative reaction, you have to stay home with no pay for a week. Um, are there other workers going to be eager to take the vaccination when it comes up? It's very bad practice and the majority of employers will get this um, and will be working with people because it's in their best interest to have a vaccinated workforce. OK, and the, vaccin the vaccinations do seem to be working, don't they? I mean, yeah, you've, you've had some nice, well, not nice figures, you've had some seriously improved figures. Oh, yes. In area, haven't you? Um, case numbers are massively down. And we're looking at very, very low numbers of uh, the virus um, in the wild, as it were. Mm. Um, so, yeah, uh, we're going to get an announcement on Monday, which clearly will get some more direction. Um, and it looks like, if we believe the briefing... Um, that around Easter people will be allowed to start to socialise again. So it looks potentially like schools will be going back in March. We will then see a gradual reopening of the economy end of March, early April is my reading of what we're looking at now. Okay, so so it's definitely, isn't it funny how it seems like um, when we did this, when we first came back from the Christmas break, it was the light is at the end of the tunnel, but it still seemed to be rather a long way yes. off. 
And yet all of a sudden we're kind of here, we're in the middle of, well, coming to the end of February and, and suddenly the tunnel, the end of the tunnel seems a little closer, doesn't it? Well, it, it, it does. And do you know the case numbers, the death numbers are, are really positive in as much as we're down to the type of levels we were at in October now. Um, now, if you think back, we were generally quite a happy people through the summer. I mean, it wasn't an ideal world, but we could socialise, we could see people, we just had to manage it within a range of rules. September came and the schools and universities went back. Um, and even in September, October, we were comfortable. It was only in November as we started saying, actually, the numbers are getting a little bit scary. And in December, people started getting frightened. Um, by the time we got to January and in the Hastings, we were seeing over 100 positive cases a day um, and they're now into single digits. So um, it was a very, very bad place. But yes, the numbers are low and we can see the end. We can see we get out by the numbers being low and we can see we're going to get out by the vaccine rollout. So I think that the future is very positive. There is just hanging on in there another few weeks um, and life will start to get much better for many. Fantastic. I think that's a great place to leave it then, Jason. We do like to leave it on a positive, don't Absolutely. we? Absolutely. So, so um, thank you for joining us. And everybody at home, thank you for joining us again. Um, you can watch the reruns of this on Facebook. It will be stored in our video section. Um, if you have any questions um, for the team, do drop them a line. They're on hastings at aslgroup.co.uk or give the team a call. They're on 01424 Four five two nine nine nine. In the meantime, we'll be back in two weeks' time with some more questions and some more discussions. But uh, in the meantime, do have a very good couple of weeks, and um, and we'll see you soon. Thank you very much, Jason. Thank you, Sarah. Bye bye. Bye bye.